You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily podcast on the Minnesota Timberwolves, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to another Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Colt Molesky, and we have we have some some tough some tough games to talk about here. We've got to recap the Wolves Pistons. We're going to look a little bit ahead to Wolves Thunder tomorrow, but and we're also going to we're also going to get into some of the stuff just happening around the NBA, just some general NBA news. Uh, we've, we're about two weeks in now, and so we're starting to get a real feel for these teams. We're starting to starting to see maybe a couple consistencies come through, uh, some big news, uh, all that stuff. And, I, yeah, again, I don't know if you can call them consistencies yet, but we're starting to learn some things about these teams, some some things past the first couple of games that maybe are going to stick throughout the season or at least throughout the next couple of months here. So we're going to get to all that. But first, breaking down a little bit of the Timberwolves versus Pistons. That is the second loss in as many nights for the Timberwolves after the the downfall to the Pacers. The Wolves hit the road and go to Detroit to take on the Pistons and lose 122 to 101. Now, obviously, the the loss of of Jimmy Butler has a lot to do with this, but I don't want to be another sports guy talking about uh, the the Timberwolves and what it means to have. Jimmy Butler out. You know that he's an impact just because of his credentials coming into the season, what he's done with the Chicago Bulls, how he plays, how he looked with the Timberwolves in the first few games. So instead, I'm going to look at some other some other factors to the Timberwolves' loss. Now, obviously, it really hurts to lose Butler, but there are some inexcusable things that happen outside of that, and that have been happening, and there's some factors to that go into this outside of Butler. First of all, looking at Taj Gibson, he had I I did not see him carrying a ton of minutes throughout the bulk of the season, and I don't think he'll end up starting the entire season. But he is definitely you can already start start to see his kind of corrosion on the offensive side, just because of the shots he's able to take, the the shots he can't take, the three point shot is. About, about basically a dream after after that preseason of 19 three-pointers attempted. It's it's way off in the, in the past, and he just it it doesn't help spread the floor when he is on it when he's playing and grabbing a bunch of minutes. I think you see Bielitsa maybe roll into that a little bit more, cut into his minutes more in the future, but right now. He's not helping them spread the floor too much. Another thing is three-point shooting. The Wolves shot 36% from deep the other night against the Pistons. Uh, Wiggins had 50% shooting, but he only took two shots from deep. You want to see that go up a little bit. Towns looked actually pretty solid, 50% for him as well on six shots. Uh, You see Teague shooting 66%, but he only had three threes. They're... They're not attempting a ton of threes where you want to see them jacking up maybe more threes. Crawford had five threes, hit two of them. Uh, Bielisa had three threes, hit one of them. I know that there's not a ton of shots on this team, and there's only a certain amount of shots you can take in a game, but for me, I want to see Wiggins take more of those threes, and he just wasn't shooting 
from three. And you see the guys like Wiggins, Towns, uh, Teague. Wiggins had 21 points. Towns had 23. Teague had 18. Those are some pretty good stats. But when you have an all-star out, you want to see the bench come alongside and help them out. And I think you saw that more against the Pacers. And against the Pacers, there's all kinds of defensive woes. But in this game, the the Stars were putting up points, and the bench was not bailing them out as much as they were the last game. Uh, Crawford only was able to manage eight points. Uh, Bielizzo only had seven. If the if the Wolves are going to win games, especially with Butler out, the bench needs to to bail them out and to produce offense. They can't have. Uh, a rotation of 10 guys only five of them are contributing this needs to be a tightened up rotation I think you're seeing the rotation tighten up a little bit already just with the minute dispersal Crawford had 24 Bielitsa had 23 so if you have a seven man rotation all those guys need to be producing especially when Gibson is putting up six points and Shabazz Muhammad is putting up four now I'm going to get to him in a second but as far as the bench you want to see those two guys especially stepping up their game, knocking down more shots, being a little more aggressive into the paint. And that's, again, harder because Gibson is in there with Towns and Shabazz Muhammad isn't shooting from deep at all. Or he's shooting from deep, but he's not shooting well from deep. He went 0 for 3 the other night. And so with those guys out on the floor, let's just pretend Butler isn't even on the team. If he's not going to be able to play against the Thunder, you can't just blame losses on him. This team has got to adjust and fix their problems. So with Shabazz Muhammad on the floor, if he's not going to make threes, that's crunching down on the the floor spacing even more and that's making it harder for towns to operate because that's where all the defenders are already because they know that you can't space the floor against them. So if you have Crawford and Belisa spreading the floor, Belisa is hitting threes. He's he's shot fairly well actually this season. You gotta have guys out there playing more minutes who can help spread the floor so Towns can really get in on the offensive side and do some work in the paint. Now Gibson Gibson is detracting from that, but Muhammad he is not helping on the offensive side even if he's not spreading the floor. He went one for nine against the Pistons. He needs to he needs to either find his shot fast or he needs to help spread the the offense around a little more. He had one assist the other night against the Pistons. He needs to go out there and if he can't shoot, he needs to be a team player and help spread the ball around, help get other players open. Now granted Wiggins has been looking pretty solid against the Pacers. I know he had a down light, but other than that game, he has looked very solid from the offensive side, but it's going to be tougher against him because the the best wing on the other team was t- picking up Butler. Now Wiggins is getting the best defender from on the wing from the other team, so he's going to be facing better defense as well as having to try and play better defense on the other side of things. So while that makes things more difficult for him, it doesn't have to be as difficult if Shabazz Muhammad is, is creating shots and creating looks for other players by being a better playmaker and I know he's not a starter for a reason but if he's only hitting one for nine he's got to try something else and it just didn't seem like he was he was really out to help other players look better and make more uh make more plays outside of shooting the ball at least that's the way it looked last night against the Pistons those are some things that you need to see, especially going against the Thunder. Not only are the Thunder a really good team, but they're definitely going to be looking for a little bit of revenge after Wiggins took them out with the with the buzzer beater shot 
to to win on the road. So they're going to be looking to create some problems for the Timberwolves now that the Timberwolves are at home. A couple of the things that I saw the Pistons do really well. Andre Drummond did not have a, a huge night. He only had 15 points, uh, but he had 15 rebounds as well. He was dominant uh, on the offensive glass. He had plenty of putbacks. He did really whatever he wanted. He was playing a little bit of bully ball. It points in the paint, 52-38. to 38, The Pistons beat out the Timberwolves. But the other thing, the stat that really stuck out to me, fast break points, 24-0. to 24-0, the Pistons outscored the Timberwolves in fast break points. And that's just something that you can't have happen. You can't have – You not only can you not have teams breaking away that much for that many points, but you've got to be able to score some fast break points, be able to score outside of the half court a little bit if you're the Timberwolves uh, – Tobias Harris, 34 points, uh, four rebounds. He had a really big night, two steals for him as well on the defensive side. Uh, Avery Bradley, what did I say? I felt like this was the game he really went off. 20 points, three assists, four rebounds. He had a really good night. And you saw guys coming off the bench. Uh, Ellenson went for 14 points off the off the bench for the Pistons. They just had a really good performance all the way around. Uh, Johnson had a, had a solid night with 15 points. Their team had a really solid performance. They did a great job attacking the paint, being really aggressive with Drummond in the paint. And then you saw Tobias Harris just do a great job scoring. He was playing off of the the paint penetration that they were having, and he was getting plenty of really good looks. He did a great job offensively. And if you're the Timberwolves, you just you can't you can't let a guy go off for 34 points. It, you just can't. You got to have some kind of heat check. You got to have some. kind some kind of double team to at least get the ball out of his hands, force somebody else to score a bunch of points, a bunch of points when he's really feeling it. And the the Wolves never really, really gave Tobias Harris a really contested look. They never really made it too difficult on him. And there you go. They they lost by 21 points. Then it looked like it the entire way that they that they were not looking solid. I mean, in the first quarter they led 26-23, and then. In the second quarter, 40 to 18, the Pistons outscored them, and it was, it was their game pretty much the rest of the way. Uh, Timberwolves edged them out in the third quarter, 29-28. But at that point, they were already pretty far down, and at one point, it was a, a 25-point lead for the Pistons. It, you just, you, you, they made it not very difficult for Tobias Harris to score, and they, they didn't let, they didn't force the team to to look to anybody else to really have to carry them and so when one guy is really going off and you're not making it difficult for him it's going to make it easier for for other guys to to score because there's not a ton of pressure on him. there's not a ton of pressure on him. you're not forcing guys to make clutch shots uh, because because their elite scorer is carrying the load of the of the offensive weight looking forward a little bit to to the thunder uh, you're going to see Wiggins on you're probably going to see Wiggins on on Westbrook a lot and that's a matchup that is going to be very interesting because Wiggins is or Wiggins is going to be having his hands full with uh, Westbrook, who's going to attack the rim, going to go right after him. He's going to he's going to go after the rim in the first couple quarters, and then he's going to start doing the the pull up and deep shots when he's got somebody anticipating and jumping and biting to to go to the paint right away. He's going to pull up quick and and shoot some threes, and Westbrook is probably going to have a big night. And Towns has got to beat 
Stephen Adams in the paint, and you've got to have the the bench show up big for the Timberwolves. You got to have Crawford knock down a lot of shots. Bealisa knock down a lot of shots, and even then, it's going to be really tough for this Wolves team. Hopefully, they can contain Carmel Anthony and Paul George and just keep it all on Westbrook. If they can get Westbrook to play isolation basketball, maybe they have a shot. But Westbrook was playing a lot of isolation basketball last year, and it was it was working out for the Thunder in a lot of games there as well. So it'll be a very interesting game. It will be really tough, really tough for the Timberwolves. I'm not going to lie to you folks. It's going to be really tough for the Timberwolves to, to grab a win here against the Thunder tomorrow. And you just got to show up and try and tighten things up on defense, try and try and pressure your bench. Not, maybe not pressure, but you got to lay it at the feet of your bench and say, we need people to score. We can't just have three guys have a good night. We need five, six guys to have a really good offensive night because the defense is going to struggle. It's really going to struggle, and so we've got to have a lot of guys score double-digit points, and hopefully guys are just feeling their shot, hitting shots from deep because they need to shoot better than 36%, and they need to defend better than letting the team shoot 52% from the field. As far as the NBA in general, a lot of crazy stuff going on in the NBA. Uh, I don't know if you guys watch basketball outside of the Timberwolves, but the a couple storylines that I was looking at, the Rockets have edged out teams like Philadelphia, like Sacramento, for very, very tight wins. Very tight wins. They beat... They beat the Philadelphia 76ers the other night on a Eric Gordon buzzer beater three to edge them out 105-104. The Brooklyn Nets beat the Cleveland Cavaliers 112-107. The the Spurs keep rolling 4-0. They beat the Miami Heat 117-100, and they still do not have Kawhi Leonard on the roster. So a couple things that I'm looking at. First of all, the Rockets. Do, does this team get better with Chris Paul on the court offensively? They He had 10 assists in his in his debut against the Warriors with them. Didn't have a lot of points. I believe he finished with four points it was. But does this team get necessarily a ton better with Chris Paul on the court? Maybe they're not as deep. They gave up a lot to bring him there. Uh, Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams are some guys on the defensive and offensive side. They lose some oomph on both of those sides, both of those sides of the ball. And Chris Paul still has to work out a way where he really fits in this offense. And maybe he'll just be a really good, a really good spot up shooter when he comes back. He released that interesting, uh, interesting video of his kind of journey through free agency to the the Rockets where he's talking about he wants to be a spot-up shooter and he really does want to be uh, the off-ball player and he's got the knee injury now. It's going to be a very interesting team. Defensively, there are big stretches where they just let the one of the better players on the other team do whatever they want. Uh, obviously, Joel Embiid is one of the best centers in the NBA, but there was no answer really for him. And if he didn't have... If he wasn't on a, a controlled minutes plan that his coach has him on, I I wonder how many points he would have had and how close this game would have been because they had real no really no answer for him when he went isolation and in the post and was just was just beating everybody the Rockets were throwing at him in the post and he was knocking down shots from outside. Uh, the Rockets so far this season, and I know it's only two weeks of basketball roughly, but so far this season the Rockets have not made a big effort to shut people down on the other side. 
they just really depend on James Harden and Eric Gordon and those kind of guys to knock down shots late and to kind of drag this team past other other teams purely with clutch shooting and with late game lead changes and so that'll be really interesting i think they're a really great if you have nba league pass they're definitely a league pass team to watch just because all these games that they're in seem to be really tight and really closely contested games so i'm definitely tuning in for them i try and honestly i i really don't have much of a life i just try and watch all the basketball games every single night which maybe sounds kind of sad to some people but hey that's my job i'm trying to bring everybody basketball content so that's what i do and they're definitely somebody to watch. It'll be interesting to see if they have the defense right now. Their bench is awfully thin, and the only guy who's really stepping up, and he's not even he's started some games. He's not even supposed to be a starter uh, if Chris Paul is out there. But Eric Gordon has really been one of the surprises. PJ Tucker has looked good in moments off the bench. Uh, but right now they have a very thin bench and they're just outgunning people. And it'll be interesting to see if the defense comes along or if at some point the shooting runs out or if this is just how they're going to play basketball for the rest of the season. The Cleveland Cavaliers, very interesting. They've lost, they lost big to the Orlando Magic, which is not ever something I really thought I would say in the over the last couple of years, but it happened. They lost big to the Orlando Magic. Yep, it, it was a real thing that happened. You can go check if you don't believe me, which I trust – I, I wouldn't blame you if you didn't believe me, but they lost big to the Orlando Magic, and now they've lost to the Brooklyn Nets, a team that nobody really anticipated to be that good. I don't think they were supposed to be as bad as they were last year, but nobody anticipates them to be that good just because they don't have any new players coming or young players coming in because they haven't had draft picks because they gave them all to the, the Boston Celtics. And the players that they are bringing in are players that, for the, the most part, other teams don't really want. And they're putting wins together, 3-2 and two right now. They're putting some solid wins together. Uh, they're putting some great offensive performances together. Uh, and just some quick hits from this game. J.R. Smith is now starting because if you haven't caught it, Dwayne Wade uh, retired himself to the bench, actually, which is something you'd expect a head coach to announce. But Dwayne Wade said he was he was going to take one for the team and head to the bench. Uh, J.R. Smith came back and had two points. Uh, LeBron James had a triple-double, which is just LeBron James kind of thing. But Jay Crowder had five points. Uh, the kind of experiment to have Kevin Love at center has been interesting Tristan Thompson technically the starting center but there are plenty of times where Love plays center and it's just this interesting mix up lineup lineup mix up I'm not really sure how I feel about it yet Uh, Kyle Korver had 22 points Jeff Green had 18 points the revival of Jeff Green ladies and gentlemen uh it was a really weird game for them to lose when they have two players come off their bench and play really well, Corver with the 22, Green with the 18 points. But their starters, just they they haven't had a ton of from their starters. When they have Jay Crowder, he has played so-so. Five points in this game is not great. J.R. Smith, two points is really bad. Tristan Thompson with three. Tristan Thompson has been in a funk for a long time past this season. Don't even get me started on Tristan Thompson. When Dwayne Wade was out there, he was not playing very well. He was averaging 5.7 points per game which is a career low for him so really is it a matter of this team lost Isaiah Thomas before they even really had him they knew he had the injury coming in when they traded with the Boston Celtics to send Kyrie Irving to Boston Uh, but now Derrick Rose has been out 
with an, an injury. And so now is it just a case of this team doesn't have point guards and they're they're a little bit in flux just because they have LeBron James playing at point guard, which I hesitate to say he's playing out position because LeBron James can pretty much play anywhere anywhere on the on the team and make people around him good. But it's just they looked better when they were playing the Celtics and Derrick Rose was out there, and I think they'd look really good with Isaiah Thomas out there. And right now I think they're waiting for those injuries to catch up. So I'm not saying it's a concern for them that they're losing these games just because, like I said before the season started, I think they're going to be on cruise control until midway through the season. But it is a little bit concerning that their team doesn't look that great. The stars around LeBron James and and Kevin Love don't look particularly fantastic. Plus, they have two point guards who have had injury problems. So if you're headed into the playoffs and maybe you have a point guard go down, now you have a bunch of guys who are B, maybe C players with LeBron James, with Kevin Love, and you have these point guards who can go out at any time. That looks a little shaky for them. Something to definitely pay attention to throughout the season. Uh, one thing I wanted to get to before I talk a little bit about the Spurs and other news and then wrap this show up is I wanted to talk about Draft, my new favorite app. My new favorite app, fantasy basketball fans. First of all, the we did drafts. All the Locked On hosted drafts uh, yesterday. On Wednesday, we had the Locked On Fantasy draft for on the Draft app. We had all the hosts hosting drafts on the app and those went really well i actually came away i won some money in a, a little three dollar league that i created won some money had uh had Ke- or uh, mike conley on my team and kevin durant both of those guys balled out as well as russell westbrook did really well so i'm glad to glad to walk away with a little cash from wednesday night but if you don't download if you haven't downloaded the app here's why you should download it it's a daily fantasy basketball app and it's not like the other guys. Here, here's what it's all about. On draft, you play real live snake drafts with other people, just like in your season-long league. Here's how it works. It's a draft that lasts for just one night, and there's no management. Just set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, except if you're me, because you don't want to forget it because you won money on it. You should come out, try and beat me. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Draft even takes care of last-minute injuries for you which is nice because that's one of the things I hate about regular fantasy basketball, having to try and keep up with it every single night with injuries. Maybe your starters aren't feeling it. They're in shooting slumps. you got to try and hit the waiver wire. Now you're just drafting a starting five. It's really quick. Boom, you draft five guys, and you're done for the night, and then you can go back, draft a whole new team. If you did really bad the, uh, the, the night before, then you can go out, get yourself a new squad, and you're all set to go. Draft starts every couple of minutes, so you can join one right now. And the best part, play for cold hard cash, which is what I did last night. Drafts start from just $1, so there's a draft for everyone. No salary caps, playing real live snake draft, just like you play with your friends in season-long leagues. Come and join on Draft today. Download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store and join in a game in minutes. Or play right from your computer on Draft.com. Whatever you want. For a limited time only, Players get free entry into drafts when you make the first deposit. So, go on to draft, download the app, put in my promo code LOTWOLVES. LOTWOLVES is my promo code. I'll uh, probably open up in the next few minutes here. I'll open up a little draft lobby for Locked On Timberwolves fans. Go and search that 
Locked on Timberwolves draft. Come and play against me. You can play for money. I'll set up a one for money, one for free. If you just want to try it out, don't want to put your money on the line quite yet, we can put both of those drafts out there. You can join either one and just draft your team, watch them play tonight, and then be done with it. Hands free, hands clean of the whole situation if it's a bad team, or you can learn from it, get some cash, and then the next night go and try and draft a team just as good. Go and check that out right now. Go download the app. I love it. It's so much fun. Play against me. All right, so first I want to talk a little about about the Spurs. How dare we ever doubt the Spurs, even if Kawhi Leonard is going to go down. The system worked. The system works. The system works for the Spurs. They have a flawless system of putting together these teams and these guys that you don't think are going to be good. And they rejuvenated LaMarcus Aldridge. He had 31 points against the Heat the other night. You have Murray on that team. Uh, is His second year, a guy that a lot of people knocked because he wasn't a very good defensive guy, didn't have a great defensive motor. He has looked phenomenal on the defensive side. He has been a lockdown dude, fighting through screens, really bullying people, contesting all kinds of shots. He has looked fantastic on the defensive side. Uh, you see Paul Gasol had a, great t- had a great night the other night with 13 points, 9 rebounds. He has looked really good. This team has just come together, rallied around, each other and even without their all-star they're putting together wins 4-0 another thing that I wanted to direct your attention to is the injury to Markel Fultz he has a shoulder injury they're saying that he was getting cortisone shots the report from Woj was that he was getting cortisone shots which was actually interesting Woj had a, a report that he had liquid coming out of his shoulder took that one down said there's cortisone shots so it seems like there's a bit of confusion about what's going on with Fultz, and the bottom line is he can't really shoot, and that's kind of what they're what they're explaining why his his shot was so bad, why his free throw shots were so off. Uh, basically, the bottom line is he's not going to play for a little while. The injury bug has hit another young player for the 76ers. Hopefully, he gets better soon. But for the 76ers, they look really good either way. They're in a lot of tight games. Uh, Joel Embiid, I think this team is going to be even better once he can get off that minute plan, once he can get off the the limited data and and play full minutes. That was a little joke. Please laugh at it. Uh, And once they have their their full roster playing full minutes, Ben Simmons has looked great. J.J. Redick looked really good, especially last night. Led the team with 22 points. So I think they have a nice roster, and now it'll just be interesting. The the Marco Fultz saga continues, just with some some interesting things. Him working on his shot personally, without the without the team kind of instructing him to, and trying to recreate his free throw shot. It's just a lot of stuff happening with Fultz. It's something to keep your eye on as he fights through this injury and tries to get back onto the court. See how the team deals with all that. And that's really all I have. Those were some of the headlines that I was paying attention to going into this show. Uh, hopefully everybody can catch the the Thunder versus Timberwolves game tomorrow. Tomorrow night they are playing in the Target Center. They're going to be taking on the Thunder in the rematch after the bank-in buzzer beater shot. That's going down at 7 p.m. Check out that. We'll have a game day podcast tomorrow as well and make sure you download the draft app play me i'm going to be opening up new new leagues and new draft areas so you can come play me come take my money it'll be fun it's a great time it's a great way to enjoy the game all the games that happen tonight as always i'm your host colt molesky and this has been another locked on wolves podcast part of the locked on podcast network
you are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 